After a slow start to the 2023-24 season, the Chicago Bulls are winning more games and getting healthier. We're going to talk about why the Chicago Bulls season has turned completely around and further reasons to believe why it will continue. All that plus the Ring of Honor and previewing the game against the Golden State Warriors tonight, right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host here, Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. So, as most Bulls fans know, they watch in and out is that the way the place where the Bulls season started is very different from where we are now, even mentally and looking at this team and the expectations around the team. The ascension of Kobe White, as well as other things, have played into the Bulls winning more games and doing that while they were missing Zach Levine over the course of a lot of that. And they're now 2-0 and since Zach Levine has returned to the team while still playing solid enough basketball on top of that. And so with that said, you want to really want to look at, well, I want to talk about the reasons why this Bulls team has, has turned completely around, right? Winning, of course, goes hand in hand with that, but why are the Bulls winning games? And they're winning games by playing more as a team. That does not mean that some of the isolation moments, like we saw with DeMar in the fourth quarter, are still there at times, right? But this team is really playing more as a team than we've seen basically since that Lonzo Ball run before he went down with injury. And that's really reinvigorated the team and the fan base in this team. When you look at the last game that the Bulls played in the United Center before Zach Levine went down to how it is now at the United Center, you can also see that the fan base has also gotten back in on what the Chicago Bulls can be because they're playing with that type of heart and determination that is indicative of the city of Chicago. And that is what's playing big uh, big dividends in for the Chicago Bulls turnaround, right? Then, of course, you have the things like Kobe White's growth. Kobe White is playing right now at a star level. He just is. And, and I, now, I hesitate to say superstar level. Now, that's not all on him, but I got to see it a little bit longer before I'm personally willing to say that. But ultimately, Kobe White's play and consistent, consistently playing at, a, at that star level has been real. That doesn't mean he still doesn't have some games where shooting slumps and things like that. But it's more than just that impact scoring-wise. Kobe, when you look at him, uh, his ability to split double teams now, when you look at his uh, better ability to identify when to dish it and where to get the ball to other players, Kobe White's growth, is it, it goes hand-in-hand in a lot of ways with, uh, with the team ascending, right? And I always talked about with Billy Donovan's system, when you have a point guard that's playing at a high level, it really makes the system look that much better, and that is part of it as well. Playing as a team, we already talked about, we are spreading the ball around more. You know, nobody, the ball isn't sticking around in players' hands as much as what it did, especially last season, and that's really playing a big part into it. But also, players thriving in their roles, right? Now that everybody's kind of back healthy, Everybody has a clear role on this team, and they're really thriving it, right? DeMar DeRozan, who is now kind of doing more facilitating at times and has his spots where he gets his scoring off. And like I said, it's not always going to be fluid. We know that the Bulls in the, in the, last, uh, in the fourth quarter of the last game going to DeMar, and it didn't work, and Bulls fans being upset about that. But when it comes down to it, that is DeMar's strength. And more times than not, DeMar is going to be able to get you those buckets, and he's really allowing that to happen and facilitating more for the other and younger players, right? Alice Caruso. Alex Caruso has been a big part of why the Chicago Bulls have been playing better. We look at already matching that brand of defense that he's brought consistently since he's been here, but now shooting the ball better from three, being a bigger offensive threat. That doesn't mean that he's out there just draining threes like Steph Curry or something like that, but he's hitting them at a, at a better rate, which is making defenses play him better. And then you look at like Vooch doing more facilitating. Yes, it's not perfect, especially defensively, 
But that bench unit specifically for the Bulls, especially when Torrey Craig was in there, and they're still trying to find their way when they get out. Io, Drum, Dalen Terry, uh, Alice Crusoe all understand how they can impact the basketball game, both on the defense and offensive sides, and you're seeing that confidence level grow in those players, especially when they get out in transition, coming in, really changing and setting the tone at times when we needed to be done. And you can't overlook Dalen Terry as, as well, going from a player who Bulls fans just thought could not play at all to being a player that is giving us some solid minutes at times here for the Chicago Bulls. But then outside of that, closing games better. Yeah, it sucks to see us going to overtime games, uh, you know, in the last two games, things like that. But the Bulls are responding well and still closing out those games. So many times in the last few seasons, when the Chicago Bulls got into something like that, it, 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 they end up losing because they just didn't have enough down the stretch. This team is definitely playing better in close games, and they're pulling out some of those victories that we just weren't able to get last season and at times uh, the season before, before Lonzo went down. And then Levine and DeMar fitting in. Now, of course, with Levine, we have a smaller sample size, but when you look at his first two games back, really making an impact defensively, that third game back, summing up big time as far as the scoring aspect of it, rebounding-wise, facilitating some as well. And if that continues for Zach Levine, that adds a whole nother wrinkle to this team that makes it even more dangerous. And I already talked about how DeMar DeRozan's fitting in. And then the ascension of the young players. Like, Patrick Williams did step up for as long. He had like a 12-game stretch there when he was being way more consistent. Now, since the injury, it's been kind of back to passive P, but let's hope that that's just an injury thing and he's going to work himself back out of it. But that's really the reasons why uh, this Bulls team is, has been playing better. Now, can it continue, right? And the, why will it continue? That's the things that what you, we want to look at next. And when you look at it, the Bulls have the fourth easy schedule remaining in the NBA right now. Their opponents have a combined win percentage of 40, 47.8%. The only teams with, a bet, with an easier strength of schedule than the Chicago Bulls are the Magic, Celtics, and Timberwolves. That's it. Other than that, the Bulls are moving into a time period where their schedule gets considerably easier. We talked about with the rest of the month of December, they only have two teams left on their, record with a, on their schedule with a winning record. Uh, January, did I say December? Um, and that's a big part of it as well. But then you got to look at what the Bulls have already went through, right? The Bulls are going to have more rest here on the back half of the season because they've already played seven back-to-backs this season, which is up there in the NBA. We also have played the most games in the NBA. There are only two other teams tied with playing as many games as the Chicago Bulls have up until this point of the NBA schedule. And because we, we've done that, it means 38 games. It's almost half the season already. That means that we're going to have more space between games, more days of rest like that. And that's something that, especially for a team that's been dealing with injuries and little nagging ones and things like that, it could, it could really help out for the Chicago Bulls. So they have a technically easier ride left for the rest of the season with having more space, playing less games than other teams, and less back-to-backs, right? The fact that our, our, our schedule was so front-loaded with back-to-backs is an oddity within itself. I would love one day to talk to the NBA scheduler and wonder, why the hell did that happen? Of all things, like, why that? But those are the things that are really playing off to ho- hopefully help the Chicago Bulls be able to keep this thing going that we're building out. Now, of course, you have kind of the intangibles with those things as well. Will Zach continue to buy in, right? That's, that's a question. And not just with Zach. I think it's fair for this whole team. When, this team. when the going gets tough for this team, historically, for the last three years this version of the team has been together, they kind of default and go back to things that work for them. And that's really on Billy Donovan, right? We got to really keep, keep holding Billy Donovan accountable for how he's coaching this team the coaching the balancing act all that is really really important for this team and also growth from Billy Donovan right understanding when to go to Kobe White a little bit more right now he has to earn it but like I said before 
DeMar's still going to get those opportunities, and usually he's going to thrive in it. But we want to see us start building that in Kobe White as well. And so that could be something that the Bulls really need to look forward to in this time as well. So there's a lot of things that point towards the Bulls being able to sustain this and this to continue for the team of just overall solid play. And, you know, I think when you look at, like, even Kobe White, how he talks about it, and, you know, this team is really together as a team right now. And I don't know if we've been able to say that. Uh, for the most part, since this team has come together, they they are really bonded together like a true team. And we're seeing the execution of that help them uh, just push higher than what they did. Now, we still got some things, of course, question marks on what how it's going to affect the Bulls season. The, the futures of DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine, right? Do the Bulls end up going ahead and pulling the trigger on one of these great deals that they can get offered reportedly for Alice Cruz or Andre Drummond? I don't think those things are likely. But those are questions as we lead into this trade deadline. But I'll tell you what, after the trade deadline, regardless of what Bulls team is here and what, what the roster looks like, if this team keeps competing with the heart they do, and, and the, per what we've heard that AK and Eversley add the depth and players that can help contribute to winning if they do decide to move on from Zach Levine, there's no reason to believe that this, the fun of this season and the respect that we have for this team and the way that they've been playing it um, is any reason to believe that it's going to stop. And so let's hope that this continues. Let's hope that we continue to see uh, this team develop in the ways that they have been developing so far this season. Because, listen, as a Bulls fan and a lifelong Bulls fan and one that's been giving you guys daily episodes for th almost three years now, like, it's just this is the first time in a long time where it feels like the Bulls are, are doing something that's sustainable, right? That Lonzo Ball era, yeah, that felt sustainable, but then you got Zach and Lonzo to go down in the same game. When we got Pat Bev, it was fun to watch, but we kind of always knew that there was there was a, a limit on that, right? Like, you, you, you had a buyout candidate, and the season was already almost over, so we rolled that out. The 14-9 stretch, it was fun and, and things like that, but this seems like something sustainable, and it seems like it's sustainable because of how the young players, and especially one in Kobe White, only 23 years old, is being such a big part of the ascension of this team right now in the season and you know if it can continue then we're going to be uh, hopefully having a tough team for the next the next few years now it's still up to the front office to really continue to build this thing out and to do it in a major way um but you know i trust that the bulls can do that right i, I, I think like, let's hope that ak and eversley see what they're building now and understand we already seen the player development department and a little bit of impact they've been able to make in just one summer of being here now let's continue to build that out right let's continue to have a focus on that development, have a focus on how, wh where we want these players to go, right? And, and investment in those young guys. And that's one thing that whether it be through injury or whatever else that I got to give Billy Donovan, uh, um, so I got to commend him someone for, right? Is that you played Dalen Terry. Now, of course, a lot of us would like to see Julian Phillips out there and things like that, but you're, you're playing Dalen Terry. I would assume who had a disappointing season last year. He came in and earned a role. has been thriving in that. Patrick Williams still, you know, it, it's been up and down since he's been back from injury. But before that, trusting even Patrick Williams, right? So those type of things are what makes a sustainable run for a team is when your young guys are being a big part of it. And that's why for so long, Bulls fans have been wondering and questioning, like, what that young core is eventually going to turn into. So let's see, man. Maybe we're in for another night of the Zach Levine and Kobe White show as well as you take on the Golden State Warriors. And this is going to be a game that I know a lot of Bulls fans are looking at and saying, well, the Warriors suck, right? The Warriors stink. The Warriors haven't been winning a lot of games. This should be uh, a fairly easy game for the Chicago Bulls. And the thing that I want to push back on that is, is that even with their struggles, the Golden State Warriors are the 10th best offense in the NBA. And for a Chicago Bulls team that has had trouble defending the three-point line at times, we've already seen what Klay Thompson and Steph Curry have done to us before. Now, this Klay is very different from the Klay that did that. Headbanding Klay was, was a very different monster. Um... But the Bulls have to be locked in tonight, and the Bulls have to be prepared 
to, for this Golden State Warriors team to, to be able to go on a barrage at any point in time. And that is one of the most dangerous things about a Golden State Warriors team is that while no matter where they're ranked offensively, they're always a threat to go off. And if they do go off, it, it, it's hard to rein that back in. Now, things that the Bulls can take advantage of, the, the Golden State Warriors are the ninth worst defense in the league, which is something that you definitely have, to, ha, definitely have not been able to say throughout their whole time, the whole tenure of this, this core running together. And so the Bulls can take advantage of that if they play well defensively. They're going to have to also make sure that they rebound the ball, both defensively and offensively. We can get some of those second-chance points. That's where the Bulls can start taking advantage of some things at, forcing turnovers, getting out in transition. I don't think you really want to get into a running battle per se with the Golden State Warriors, but again, this is this is a very different team, an older team. They're, they're towards the bottom of the league in rebounds per game. That is where the Bulls have to take the most advantage of. And this is a game where I'm really expecting Andre Drummond to step up big time for the Chicago Bulls today, man. I, you know, having his first game, last game of, of zero rebounds, which is crazy to think that you saw that from Andre Drummond. Um, but, you know, Drum and Vooch's rebounding is going to be hugely important for this Golden State Warriors team because if you can keep them off the boards, that's going to keep them from getting opportunities to go and transition themselves, right? And so you, you really want to look out for that. Drum could be huge in this. The bench overall is going to be a big factor for the Chicago Bulls. Again, I, you, know, you guys know I think very highly of the Chicago Bulls bench. I look at that bench and how they're able to perform, how they're able to go, and, and I, I like the defense and how they can turn defense into offense for that bench unit. And so we're going to have to really take a look at that. Now, this is a team that, you know, has some depth. They got quality players down there. They haven't necessarily been playing the best. I think Mo, uh, Moses Moody and uh, Draymond Green have already been ruled out today. So that means you're going to see a lot of Jonathan Kaminga and stuff off the bench. And the Bulls got to be ready for that, right? And I think our bench, I trust our bench right now against their bench. Patrick Williams can be really huge in this one. Uh, see, uh, interesting to see what ends up happening with the rotation. This could be a game where Billy Donovan feels very comfortable going small for large portions of the game as well. But, hey, I mean, when you look at the, the, the scoring output for the Golden State Warriors, they're led in scoring by Steph Curry, who's still averaging 26.7 points per game. Shout out to Steph and what he's able to do at his age. Klay Thompson's next up with 17 points per game. And then they got some other players averaging double digits in Kaminga, Wiggins, who's having a down season, and Dario Sark all averaging double-digit points for them per game. But this is a game where the Bulls' defense definitely can can make an impact. And that bench unit's defense is going to be hugely important. But seeing how Zach Levine has been locked in defensively as well over the last three games, it's going to be interesting to see how he continues if he builds off that and keeps giving us that level of defensive impact for the Chicago Bulls. But like I said, this is this is a game where I'm expecting defense for the Bulls, defense rebounding, forcing turnovers, right, and shooting the ball effectively, kind of things that are always on the list. But those are things where the Bulls have found their success at, limiting turnovers themselves. You do not want to turn the ball over a lot against the Golden State Warriors. I don't care how old they are. And if you can avoid that, this could be a game that could be really fun in Chicago for the, uh, for, against the Golden State Warriors and in front of the United Center fan base, which can make it an electrifying game. Now, last night, the uh, Bulls had the Ring of Honor ceremony. And, uh, you know, while it wasn't completely open to the public, we got interviews and things like that from it. And I just want to say how the nostalgia factor of, right? And I know that's uh, any type of thing like this is really built off nostalgia being a huge impact and, and part of it regardless. But to see the players like Steve Kerr and Phil Jackson uh, there together and even seeing Luke Longley in the building, you know, things like that, like it was just really good to see. It had a good vibe and good feeling around it. And I'm glad that the Bulls really decided to do this Ring of Honor thing since they haven't really been retiring numbers. Of course, everyone's wondering who's going to be the next up and things like that. Um, they released that criteria, but this was this was really fun. And this first one was really special because of some of the faces that we just don't get to see 
regularly um, from from Chicago Bulls history anymore. And so get being able to see those guys, man, was was just fun, man. And like I said, that picture of seeing Steve Kerr talk to Phil Jackson. Listen, I, uh, call me call, call me sentimental, whatever it was, man. But th- that's a big part of my childhood, right? Seeing these players play and win titles, that was such a seminal moment of my of my formative years, man. Just watching Bulls games, like it was it was so big. And so you know, hearing and and seeing this, and the fact that the team finally decided to do something like this to honor the history of the Bulls players that have been on this team, man, it was special. And uh, I listen, I'm, I envy anybody who was able to be there. I would have loved to be able to be uh, here for something like this, man. But I, I, I like to see that this is going to continue, man. It's not going to be every year, which they've already released as well. But, you know, Jerry Ryan's have come out and saying the only thing that would have made that night better if Jerry Krause was there. You know, it, MJ sent the whole video and things like that. I know some people took uh, issue of that. We actually got Uncle Mingo and his thoughts on it here in a second. But overall, man, I just I, I love seeing that Ring of Honor ceremony. You guys let me know what you think on it down below. But let's go ahead and get into the voicemails. You got this one from Uncle Mingo. Let's go ahead and play that now. Hey, what up, nephew? This is Mingo. It's uh, 4 o'clock in the morning, Friday morning, the morning of the uh, Ring of Honor celebration. They say the blizzard was supposed to be here at 2 a.m. 4 a.m. is still not here, but they say it's coming. I say all that to say this. Uh, 20,000 plus seats in the UC. Ticket prices went up three to four times as much as they was worth. Them tickets didn't, them ticket sales didn't go up to see the Warriors. Them, that shit didn't go up to see Steve Kerr. That shit went up because people got hopes of seeing MJ tonight. And for people who've never even seen this dude, they bought those tickets and hoped to see MJ. Now, that post that was released when he was like, I'm bummed that I can't make it. I told my wife, I said, well, let's just hope that he left that post because it was a special event yesterday for players in the media and shit like that. Uh, Mike... Everybody know, man, this dude don't like Krause. He don't like Reinsdorf. He don't like none of that shit. Don't like the UC. To be one of the greatest, man, like uh, Dr. J, Kareem, Magic, Bird, all them dudes at one point in time always go back home. Mike does not go to the UC. Uh, as much as he say, I love Chicago, I love being a bull, man, he don't need to do us that, you know what I'm saying, as far as, like, showing up. If this dude don't come tonight, and they say the blizzard is coming. 20,000 plus fans, man, is about to fight through the weather in hopes of seeing one person, Michael Jeffrey Joy. Mike don't show up tonight, man, and I ain't never said this shit before in my life, man. Hey, man, LeBron to go. Uh, he got the points. He got everything, man. Uh, I just give it to Bron. Mike don't show up tonight, man. I ain't about to sell all my Jordans and no shit like that. Sell, sell my apparel. Nah, that's some crazy shit. But, man, hey, there's going to be a lot of dudes in that motherfucker tonight like, fuck Mike. Hey, uh, here's the thing. like, And I want to hear from you guys on this, right? I think for me personally, I don't attach anything to it anymore when Jordan doesn't show up to stuff. I think I kind of just expect it, like, Jordan not to be there with things uh, because I know, like, at this point, like, he, you don't see Jordan very often, right? And when he comes up to something, even when All-Star Weekend was here in Chicago, right, like, you 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 felt like he was going to be there. I love how they did the whole little opening ceremony and things with him. But at the end of the day, like it just it doesn't suck. Yes, does it suck that we don't get him and he doesn't show up for Bulls fans and at the UC very often and stuff like that? Yeah, it sucks. But you know, it is what it is, man. It, I know, like for me, I'm a very private person. Now I'm not famous by any stretch of the imagination, but there's only so much of that type of stuff that I could take. Even like me going to Bulls fest and like people coming up and like I love it, right? And don't get me wrong, I always appreciate it. But it's like it's always the thing where it's kind of like I don't know how to feel about this, and I can only imagine it being at the level of Michael Jordan. But Mingo, I'm not saying that you're wrong. I know a lot of people are gonna share your opinions and share your thoughts on the fact that Jordan didn't really show up, and uh, you know we'll see if he's there tonight. I doubt it. Um, but ultimately, I just think this man, 
it sucks um, that when you when you don't get to see your legends that you really want to see, especially for a ceremony that is there to celebrate them and part of his accomplishments and what he did with that 72 and 10 team and all that type of stuff. It would be great and amazing and a great story to say that Jordan showed up for that. But, you know, when it comes down to it, it doesn't take away my personal memories. It doesn't take away the, the, the feelings that I had watching this Bulls team win titles and watching those games with my dad. And so I, maybe just the, that nostalgia is so big for me there that I overlook some of the things that other Bulls fans don't overlook, which is perfectly fine. But, guys, let me know what you guys think. Like, how are you feeling about Michael Jordan not showing up to the ceremony, sending that video? Do you guys take issue with it like Uncle Mingo, or do you kind of just take it as, hey, it is what it is. We still got our memories. Let me know what you guys think on all that down below. But that's my time for today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. BullsCentralPod at gmail.com. And then lastly, if you want to leave a text message and or voicemail for the mailbag, which goes down tomorrow and Sunday, uh, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related, thanks to you guys. And like I like to end every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See you right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.